0: To episode fifteen of Retrospection. In each podcast, we go dumpster diving for the films and TV of yesterday and see if they're worth keeping for tomorrow. My name's Colin, and I'm in New York.
1: And I'm Paul, and I'm literally having the life sucked out of me. Sucked Sock- Sucked. Yeah.
0: Very much. <laughs> in this episode, we're taking a look at Life Force from 1985, based on the book Space Vampires by Colin Wilson. With a screenplay by Dan O'Bannon and Don Jacobi, And Dan O'Bannon also wrote the screenplay for Alien, Dark Star, and the excellent Blue Thunder. Download episode two to learn about this film.
1: Nobody's doing that. <laughs> no, they're not. Have you seen the figures? <laughs> Nobody's listening to that one. Nobody <laughs> likes poor Blue Thunder. <laughs> it, it, it'll be one of those episodes that 20 years from now, it'll be a cult classic.
0: Yeah, well, that's Bit great. like the film. Bit like the film. Bit like the film. Right. Mm-hmm. Life Force is directed by Toby Hooper with a budget of 25 million and made 11.6 million at the box office.
1: <laughs> and it, it uh, added to the uh,
0: troubles of canon, didn't it? Well, this is where they stopped using a method that was going okay for them for quite a while, which was to spend nothing on a film mm-hmm. and so that whenever, even if it didn't make any money, it still made more than what it cost. But this was actually an expensive film. Yeah. And this is where they went wrong. They started trying to make expensive films and they didn't get a return on their investment.
1: Well, apparently, the, I mean, the original title, they were going to use the title of the book. They were going to call it Space Vampires.
0: Yeah, right.
1: But, um, you know, they both thought, um, Golan and Globus thought, oh, that's just going to make it look schlocky. Sh- and we want to move <laughs> away from those kind of movies. Right. <laughs> so we'll call it Life Force.
0: I don't know. Like, yeah. You've got a winning farm, though. Why would you change it? I guess they wanted to be recognized as decent filmmakers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they, they wanted to be taken seriously, I think. Right. And that was their downfall.
0: Yeah. And this film was released in the 21st of June in 1985 and was up against Cocoon. So
1: it should have done well, really.
0: I don't know. Cocoon made 76
1: million yeah but what i'm saying is it's it sh- against cocoon a film like life force should have
0: done better okay i know it's against return to oz and then a week later pale rider so the plot
1: oh.
0: a race on, of sp- you could do this <laughs> I, I stole this from my mdb i couldn't be bothered even trying to figure this one out go for it it's really short a race of space vampires arrive in london and infect the populace
1: that's pretty much it yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's it's almost two hours long, we should say, this movie. Yeah, we'll
0: talk about that. Yeah, it was it was cut, right? It, wasn't it heavily
1: cut for US market though?
0: Yeah, we both watched the international version.
1: Yes, we both sat through the two hour version. I say sat through, but I won't. I'll save it for later. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> the film stars Steve Railsbeck as Colonel Tom Carlson, Peter Firth as Colonel Colin Kane. Frank Finlay as Dr. Hans Valada, Matilda May as a space girl, that's her actual credit. Had... Did, you, did
1: you see who, sorry, did you see who almost got the, well, was offered the part of the space girl? No, who? The lovely, lovely, lovely Elizabeth Sladen.
0: Oh, from Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh, you would have been permanently glued to this film.
1: My favourite. <laughs> Literally, i have been glued to something. Glued to the chair, probably. Um... <laughs> it's too disgusting
0: to leave in. <laughs>
1: Yeah, she, she, was, uh, she was offered the part and uh, turned it down because she didn't like the
0: material, surprisingly. <laughs> oh, but uh, the space girl doesn't get to wear much material. Absolutely. I think that's probably what the material that she was referring to, actually, ah, the okay. lack of. Well, yeah. We have Matilda May as the space girl. Mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart as Dr. Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Michael Goldfard as Dr. Bukowski. And Aubrey Morris as Sir Percy Heseltine.
1: He's very strange.
0: We'll, we'll get to him, but he's very strange. Music is by Henry Mancini. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty good. It has a nice epic feel. It's, it's very rosy. Yeah, it is. Occasionally, though, it drifts into Condor Man.
1: He does a little bit, and it, and, and occasionally at times... It's the wrong kind of music that's being overlaid over the wrong kind of scene. <laughs>
0: yeah, I expected at some point a chorus to come in and go, Life Force! <laughs> yeah, there is a little bit of that, yeah. <laughs> uh, special effects are by John Dykstra. Mm-hmm. Which course. I think for the, for the most are pretty good, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I they really got it wrong. And this is, of course, an MGM release of a Canon film.
1: Canon. That, the logo came on and it was the seal of quality again.
0: It was. Did they actually use this, the logo logo or was it just the name, Canon?
1: No, no, no. Because no, because as we said, I mean, they, they wanted it to be taken seriously right. at this point, so they they ditched the logo and it just they just had hard titles that okay. said canon.
0: So, shall we get straight into the film, or do you have any more little tidbits about it? No, other than um,
1: things like another Doctor Who connection was that Peter Davidson was also offered a role in this film as well.
0: Do you know as who?
1: Various sources say it was either Doctor Falafel, or Doctor Falafel. <laughs> That's his name, isn't it? No, <laughs> Dr. Falada. Sorry, Dr. Falada.
0: Now I'm going to end up calling him Falafel for <laughs> the entire thing.
1: You realize that? I saw in the seed. you see. Um, oh, that sounded wrong, didn't it? Um, or uh, another report was that it was Dr. Um, Batovsky.
0: Oh, it'd have to be. F- well, Falada's very old, right? He's older than Davidson.
1: Yeah, yeah. He turned both roles down, though. So. Okay. Anybody else? Uh, not really, other than the fact that uh, Michael Winner was offered the director's chair and he turned it down, and you know when Michael Winner turns something down. <laughs> <laughs> Too much nudity for Too him. much nudity. It was distasteful. He didn't like it. The yeah, script doesn't make sense. <laughs> that was probably more he probably didn't understand, it, did he? Probably. Um, the 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 model of London that gets destroyed later in the movie was at an actual model village that had been decommissioned, and they um, they probably bought it for about 10 quid.
0: Oh, that's nice. I like that.
1: Yep, Billy Idol was considered for one of the roles of of the vampires.
0: What, one of the male vampires. One of the male vampires it has yeah. like what five seconds of screen time.
1: Exactly. I think that they couldn't justify how much he probably wanted to be paid right. for it. And the only other, the only other little bit of tidbit of information that I gleaned is that this features Patrick Stewart's first on screen kiss.
0: Oh, we'll have to talk about that when we get to it. We will, won't we? (laughs) It's interesting that um, Patrick Stewart doesn't appear until an hour and like 10 minutes into the film. And you forget that Patrick Stewart wasn't famous at this point because now we always think of him as being the big star that he is.
1: Absolutely. And it's, it's kind of strange when he pops up and then disappears, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. You expect more from him. You do. Although you do get quite a lot. You get quite a lot of Patrick Stewart acting, don't you? Oh yes,
0: yeah. <laughs> we get we get his Sarac moment. We do, we
1: do. For any, if anyone who wants to look that up, that's uh, what season is that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fourth. Oh, you uh, third, third. See you
1: throw facts out so you don't check them. Third you know, season. I think it was third season. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I'm sure someone will tell us if we're
0: wrong. That's true. So, Gives them something to think about. Yeah. Should we go straight into the film? Go for it, yeah. All right. So we begin by flying over a rocky landscape. Credits in blue, and there's an out of place whooshing noise for the title.
1: <laughs> They're going for the Superman touch, aren't they?
0: Yeah, it doesn't appear anywhere else.
1: No, no. I think it p- literally over the title of Life Force, doesn't it?
0: Yes. Yeah. It swooshes by, which I guess is the sound that the actual energy makes later on in the film. I suppose.
1: Well, that's an ex. That's an excellent uh, notice from you. I didn't. Yeah, wow. <laughs> oh, did you pull that out of your ass? I mean, what? I just thought that's what it was trying to do Oh, you, you really looked at this in depth, didn't you?
0: Did you look at it long and hard? At times I was very close to the screen <laughs> Yeah, I bet you were <laughs> So we get a voiceover setting the scene We're aboard the space vessel HMS Churchill Which is a joint British-American operation To fly into and study Halley's Comet mm. Why not send robots?
1: well this is the thing is this film set when it was made is it kind of like an alternative 1985
0: oh I always assumed it was set in the future so
1: it looks like 1985
0: well the, you know the future often does you know 2015 looks very similar to 1995 I
1: thought you meant then that the future often looks like 1985 <laughs> always
0: <laughs> <laughs> then we're going to go back to that lots of wicker and big shoulder pads oh yes sometimes at the same time <laughs> fair enough Oh, I don't wanna I don't, I don't know. wanna know. <laughs> Keep that one to yourself. <laughs> okay.
1: But yeah, I understand what you mean. Yeah,
0: why not send robots? Yeah. But I, there's I, a lot I, of illogical decisions in this film, so There is. There is. But it is nice to see a British spaceship, not an American one for a change.
1: It is, and most of the crew are are British, aren't they?
0: Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is the first spaceship equipped with the Nerva engine, which not only powers the ship at great speed, but also creates artificial Earth-like gravity, which is very convenient.
1: Do you think one of the uh, Golan and Globus brothers came up with that one?
0: No, I think they went, we can't have you floating around like idiots for the first ten minutes of the film. We need to figure out how you just don't float.
1: So exactly. I think that they we, they thought, you know, we've costed this and uh, it's not looking good. It's not looking good for artificial gravity. So, you know,
0: well, they could do what they do in Star Cops and just move slowly and move their <laughs> arms around. Yeah, because that works so well. well. Very convincing. It does. It looks great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: It does have a, this whole opening se- sequence on, on the space shuttle does have a hint of Star Cops about it, doesn't it?
0: Is that because of the accents of British? And I think a...
1: it is, because of the, the very dry delivery right. of, of, of the actors. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So they pick up a radar trace of an object, which is 150 miles long, hiding in the comet's tail, and they can't communicate their discovery to Earth because of the comet's interference. Mm-hmm. So they decide to take a closer look, because it'll be another 70 years before they can have another chance.
1: This is really riding on the, uh, at the time, the, the Halley's Comet... Uh... Fanfare that was going on. Do you remember that? No. At school, it was a big thing. You know, I think even Newsround did multiple um, segments about it. It was everywhere. I'll take your
0: word for it. I was too young. <laughs> we're not. We're not going to go on that <laughs> one, <I> don't <laughs> So, in spacesuits, the crew leave the Churchill and approach the object. It's a ship Mm -hmm. of some kind, and it's pitted from debris, indicating it's been there for quite a while. It's derelict. They enter the ship, and it's like a giant artery, organic. Carlson says, I feel like I've been here before. Yeah. Do you think that might pay off later? You know, at the time, I didn't at the beginning because I thought the ship looked like a womb. Wow, you're really really looking at this
1: in a very... uh... In depth, so why I said yeah. I
0: feel like I've been here before I just thought he was making a comment about it being womb-like but when you get to the end of the film you realise that that's not the reason
1: who's to say that that wasn't the intention as well
0: though no that's true
1: you know I mean it is based on I mean Dan O'Brien is a good writer he knows his sci-fi right. so and, he, and he's very good at allegory and all that kind of stuff so he, it could have been the intention yeah okay I, I just did. You find as well that there's lots all the way through this film, but particularly in this opening segment, there's a lots of people telling you how incredible things look.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of descriptive dialogue, but especially when they have to justify the lights and the electricity and surges of mm-hmm. power we see later. And there's a lot of strange, like trying to convince you to believe in something.
1: Yeah, they spend too long doing it as well, don't right, they? Right, right. They, I mean, you'll buy it after one, maybe one or two lines, but they keep going. I think you could say after times. one or two
0: beers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Well, that always yeah, works. Yeah, it works for me. It's great. Love it. Makes sense. That always works. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So they find the occupants of the craft dead, and they look mm-hmm. like giant bats, thousands of them suspended. Mm-hmm. Carlson touches one, and it crumbles into dust. No fluid desiccated. not very scientific, is it? no. So they decide to bag one of the aliens. Bag looks like a fishing net. It is a fishing net. And doesn't
1: one of the, one of the astronauts turn to the other and say, it seems all the fluids have been lost over the years.
0: Yes, he does. There's some ropey dialogue. <laughs> and I'm not talking about the net. <laughs> oh, very good. Did you work on that one? No, it just came to me like that. <laughs> Inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly a structure unfolds over the Churchill like an umbrella. Inside the vessel, they see blinding light, and they head towards it. Mm -hmm. Carlson makes the decision to go in, doesn't he? Yes, he does. And as the crew gets closer to the light, they start to lose contact with the Churchill. And the music goes crazy at this point, doesn't it? It's all biblical. Yeah. Yeah, Lots of
1: whaling and... What? Whales? (laughs) I was going to do an impression of a whale, but I thought, no, I better not. Hey, no. boyo. Hey, boy! Or. Oh, I thought he was going to go, woo,
0: woo, woo, I was, I was. But I, I, as, it, as it
1: did with you a few moments ago, it just came to me. So
0: Okay. So they discover three bodies perfectly preserved in transparent cases. Two men, one woman, and they're naked. And to be honest, you wouldn't know there was two men, though, because the camera spends most of the time on the woman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and did you notice that? She's completely nude, full-frontal. You get to literally see everything. But they've got perfectly placed crystals right in front of... uh,
0: (laughs) Right in front of the crystals.
1: Right in front of the crystals, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, nobody's looking at them, are they? Let's face it.
0: No, they're like, so there's a woman and two men. What, there's men? What?
1: You have to admit that, don't you, that Matilda May is... I mean, she looks stunning, doesn't she? She does,
0: yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Did you nah. delude you for a moment there? Did, did you hear the line where uh, they contact the Churchill and all the Churchill seem to be bothered about is the fact that they're not getting any picture? Yeah, they like yeah. say we we found uh, a naked girl suspended, and like, we're not getting any picture.
0: I'm trying to tune it in. <laughs> just just hold, move it to the left, the antenna, right a bit. Up, oh, down, just just lean out the window
1: this goes on for 10 minutes
0: (laughs) (laughs) so one of the crew Rowling says he feels drained tired all of a sudden yeah get used to it Carlson decides to take the bodies back with them to the Churchill and we finish on the sentence let's see if we can break them free
1: yeah yeah doesn't one of the astronauts say as well that um uh, something like are you sure it's a girl and he goes I've been in space for six months (laughs) I know it's a girl
0: yeah, something like that. What's he planning yeah. He's got some plans for later, haven't he? Although, they, they are they aware there is a female astronaut with them.
1: Ah, but she's she's part of the crew. She doesn't count. All right. And, and in all fairness, she's not suspended upside down completely naked in a glass case, is she? That is true.
0: That you know? is true.
1: If you're going to look at someone either like that or someone in a big space suit, which one are you going to look at?
0: It's a good point. It's a good Thank point. You. Thank you. 30 days later. We get a caption, don't we? We do. And Mm -hmm. we're at the Space Research Center, the SRC, on Earth. And they can't contact the Churchill, even though it's in orbit. But the ship has not adjusted for landing. Mm hmm. So the SRC decides to send the shuttle Columbia up to the Churchill and dock with it. And apparently it's a soft dock, which is the worst kind of dock.
1: Is that right? You need a hard dock. Is a hard dock what you need? always. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think that's true for most of this film. Are you sure this isn't a carry-on film you're watching? <laughs> carry-on space
0: vampires. They did plan a carry-on space. Oh one. Do you think maybe they got
1: a hold of this? Do you think maybe Colin Wilson got a hold of that script and based his novel on it? Uh, and then maybe. years later, Golan and Globus get a hold of that script and go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, maybe. And then... Just as the, the space girl turns everybody into congealed blood and corpses, Dr. Bukowski goes, oh, stop messing about.
1: <laughs> who who would you cast as uh, the space girl, then, from the carry-on movies, just out of curiosity? Hattie Jakes? Mm,
0: no, I would go for, I would play, I would play it straight and go for... Um,
1: oh, let me guess.
0: The one that played, uh, I've forgotten her name. She was got painted gold in Goldfinger. Shirley Eaton. Shirley Eaton. Yeah, it's got to be Shirley mm, Eaton.
1: Mm. Well, she's, no she's got the um, she had the necessary equipment.
0: <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sir so James would be obviously Colin Kane, Colonel <laughs> Kane. <laughs> Who would be Carlson then? Oh, well, I, I think I would go for Jim Dale. I was thinking Jim Dale. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then uh, Falada would have to be Kenneth Williams.
1: Kenneth Williams, obviously, that's a perfect choice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. And, and what about the Patrick Stewart role? Charles Hawtrey? Oh, perfect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although he might enjoy it too much.
1: <laughs> he might, he might well.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, back in the real film. <laughs> yes, I suppose. Yeah, go on. <laughs> so the crew of the Columbia find that Churchill has been gutted. There's a massive fire that's taking place, and everybody is dead and they board and they go for it was this filmed underwater
1: it looks like it doesn't it because I was watching it and, it and it really reminded me of those Bond scenes from the um, Roger Moore Bonds where he's underwater but he's he's not if you know what I mean
0: yeah and there's bits floating around that mm-hmm. can be a special effect at this time so yeah. I'm thinking they did shoot this underwater to give an idea of weightlessness and it works really well. It
1: does, yeah, it does. I mean they man- and if it is underwater then they managed to hide um any Bubbles.
0: anything that gave it away. <laughs> Bubbles. <yeah.
1: laughs> Nothing gives it away.
0: Right. Right. But it looks good. It, yeah, it it's does. one of the best effects in the whole film. Yeah. Mhm. In the Tug Bay, they discover the humanoid aliens untouched by... Don't, don't do that. It's called the Tug Bay. I'm not making it up.
1: I wrote the line down and I underlined it. I think there's something you ought to see in the Tug Bay. Yeah. I wonder how he got that name then. Do you think they I'm christened not... it? Do you think they christened it once they brought,
0: brought the space yeah, girl back? Before it was just called the Dark. <laughs> Yeah. Where's yeah. Carlson? Oh, he's in the tug bay again. <laughs> we should all have a tug bay, I think. We should, yeah. yeah. And so they decide to take the bodies to Earth. Mm hmm. Back to the European Space Research Centre. Right. And then we, we cut to a government meeting between Dr. Falada, Dr. Bukowski, and they're telling the minister about the situation and that the alien girl's case has opened it by itself, but they think the male aliens are dead. Mm hmm. Now don't you think that if
1: this, was, if this was how this was going to be handled in the UK, they got this completely right? A bunch of stuffy old guys sitting in a boardroom. Ooh, yes, well, I think. Ooh, and lots of that going on. <laughs> it's exactly how we'd handle it.
0: I think. Yeah, maybe. So down in the lab, a security guard wants a peek at the woman.
1: Is he mind-controlled at this point, or does he, is he just going for a quick grope?
0: See, that's what I wrote. I said, is he drawn to a free mind-control, or does he like boobies?
1: I think it's the boobies, don't you? I think so. <laughs> oh, another appearance of boobies in the podcast.
0: <laughs> neither open. of ours, neither of no, ours. I just want no, to say. No. Yeah, yeah, please add that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Put the shirt down. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's so freeing. Not for all of us. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. You'll be Closing that Skype down straight away. <laughs>
0: Her eyes open, and he jumps back. She gets up. He's mesmerized. No wonder they're amazing eyes. Yes, they are wonderful Mm -hmm. eyes.
1: Oh, we've lost him again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bukowski in his office, watching the monitors. He's sleepy and looks away, but when he looks back, he sees the woman standing with the guard. He runs out of his office to the lab. The woman... Go on, you going to say something? No, carry on. I'll let you describe it. Go on. The woman removes the guard's respirator. Mm-hmm. She kisses him. There's lights, lightning, f- blue flashes, a wind, electricity surges between them. Very good. I nice. just wrote, she
1: sucks him dry.
0: <laughs> well, I thought I would go a little more uh, descriptive and dramatic. I knew you'd go for the uh, summary. Oh, of course. Well, you know, I get to the point.
1: And the point of the matter is, she sucks him dry. <laughs>
0: Bukowski rushes into the lab. He finds the guard and grabs him. I'm sorry, but
1: how many glass doors does he rush through? He rushes through about 20 glass doors that are
0: even in rooms. There's just a
1: door that leads onto another door. Did you not notice that?
0: No, it's a well-protected corridor.
1: (laughs) They're just glass doors.
0: (laughs) You never know when you're going to need a glass door. I suppose, but do you need 20 of them? That are even in a room? There's just doors after door? Well, it slows him down.
1: Ah... Okay, just in case there's space vampires.
0: Yeah. Right, okay. So he runs in and he grabs the guard, who's now almost a skeleton. Yeah, he's a husk. Yeah, He's a husk of a man. He is. The alien woman sees him and approaches. Pekowski is transfixed. Use my body, she says, and touches him. <laughs> you would be told twice, would you? No. <laughs> yep. Doctor Falada is looking for Bukowski and sees on the monitors what is happening in the lab. See, this is one of the things they have a problem with this film, it has scenes like this that are just pointless.
1: Yeah, there's lots of pointless stuff in this film.
0: Yeah. It's like it, why didn't they just cut to him running to the lab? We don't need to know that he walked into Bukowski's office, wandered around, looked at the monitor, saw he wasn't there, saw what was going on, and then ran out.
1: It it does a lot of um that that thing of um where it, it tells instead of shows, I think, at times. Right. But, but then he so, even does. He even does the opposite of telling you, then showing you, then telling you again. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so he sees what's happening and runs to the lab. But he takes some guards with him. Mm-hmm.
1: One of the one of the guards says, "A naked girl isn't getting out of this complex."
0: No, Falada says that.
1: Is that he? He says that, does he? He says oh. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: He's wrong because because tells him <laughs> the woman is gone. Um, and then Philida says that he's going to alert security, but apparently not the old security guy at his desk who's drinking his tea and reading the paper.
1: No, I, I don't know about you, but when she walked past him and he was drinking out of his cup, I was waiting for him to spit it out and then look into the cup.
0: It's not a Bond film.
1: I know, but I, just, I think I've just seen it so many times in Bond movies. I was waiting for him to do it. I think I convinced myself that he actually did do it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, he missed a good opportunity for milking his roll. It <laughs> um, would have been a good gag, though. It would. The <laughs> other guards who have heard think it's a joke until the woman comes down the stairs. One guard says, she's not in her right mind. Grab her. And one guard tempts her with a biscuit. Yeah, and he says, come to Daddy. Yeah, right. <laughs> What's he going through his head? How do he think that's going to work? <laughs> He's probably never let him down before. Yeah, I have this hobnob, love.
1: She doesn't like them. What have you got? I've got some bourbons. No, oh, she doesn't look like the chocolate girl. Yeah. I didn't mean it like that. What a mind. I didn't say a
0: word. You didn't have Nothing. to. So There's another look on your face. There was no look. There was a look. It said volumes flashes of light appear and she grabs one of the guards who then collapses and then another guard says let's get her <laughs> really? <laughs> she just touched one of you he's collapsed I'd be out that door faster than nobody
1: <laughs> they, they are quality guards I have to say
0: oh yeah they,
1: they remind a lot of this reminds me of A Cross Between Hammer and um, 1970s not even 1980s but 1970s Doctor Who
0: Oh, this is total... This film is uh, quite a mass. Absolutely, yes, it Earth is. Earth Dies is. Screaming, those mm-hmm. kind of films from that period. It feels
1: like it was made in the wrong time, doesn't it? Yeah, Yeah, it's
0: just got the nudity and the violence turned up, that's mm-hmm. all. But the mm-hmm. actual story and the way people act is totally from those kind of films. Mm-hmm. So she kills the other guy, leaving the old one alive. You can go back to his cup of tea. <laughs> and then she blows out the windows at the SRC... Mm-hmm. and leaves into the misty night. You get a bum shot? You get a what shot? A bum shot. Oh, okay, yes. You do. Why'd you make me say it twice? Because uh, I've been living over here too long. Oh, yeah.
1: I I, I should have said butt shot, shouldn't I, really?
0: Yeah, bum shot's like, well, there's a tramp. I don't remember <laughs> what was I don't remember him running into the scene. <laughs> He's like, whoa. Oh did his double take with his meth and then wandered off
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing trampy about Matilda May trust me
0: no <clears throat> she didn't do much afterwards though right film wise
1: <laughs> she didn't do much during
0: <laughs> during this she, film really did a shame she?
1: I like her yeah apparently she didn't speak a word of English at the time where's she from not
0: England Oh, okay. I forgot your English. That's how you view the world. (laughs) (laughs) There's England and then non-England. Yeah, she's from
1: outside of England. (laughs) Gotcha, gotcha. I
0: forgot that. I Mm -hmm. forgot, yeah.
1: She learned how to say all the lines phonetically. She didn't understand a word of what she was saying, apparently.
0: Okay. So now the police arrive and they're led by Colonel Kane of the SAS. Why is he there? Why is he from the SAS? I don't know.
1: Maybe they just thought, we need a tough guy and what, nothing says tougher than the SAS. Yeah, we need an acronym. Um, yeah. We well, how, about an acronym. how about you
0: go for MI5 or military intelligence? Someone who would actually be investigating things, not an SAS soldier. This is
1: true. But you know he's tough, don't you? Because A, he's wearing a turtleneck, B, he's got a trench coat and under the trench coat, he's got a leather jacket. Yeah. Nothing says tougher than a, than a turtleneck, uh, a white turtleneck jumper.
0: Sure, Friday night gear, isn't it?
1: It's my everyday
0: gear. Uh, and he's very uppity. <laughs> he is. He's very affronted that he's there, isn't he? Yeah, someone says his name and he's like, oh, that's a D notice. Nobody repeat my name. And he's like, oh, uptight, as if he's just been dragged out of bed.
1: <laughs> well, in all fairness, you don't know what he knows at this point, do you?
0: Astra, I'm assuming he knows very little. He's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, oh, God, not a naked alien wandering around again. <laughs> again. Ah. <laughs> oh every week fifth weekend. time this week oh ah. <laughs> so he's shown the cops as a security guard and then he interrogates Bukowski mm-hmm. and Bukowski says the girl overpowered him with an overwhelming feminine presence it was horrible those are his words <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible wasn't it I'd think it was horrible wouldn't you terrible
1: terrible yeah
0: and he's exhausted just
1: as a side note Mm-hmm. Do we ever find out why she didn't kill Botoski?
0: I don't think we do. Do we? Uh, no, I assume it's because she want, decided she wanted to get out before the guy, uh, everyone else turned up. Okay, but yeah, we don't. Maybe she was just full.
1: Maybe that uh, that, that guy uh, filled, filled her yeah, up.
0: Maybe, maybe that you just do one person, for, and then that keeps you for two hours. You say so. You're like, oh. Eaten one person feel like another
1: <laughs> and people very moorish for vampires <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe. But next time I meet a space vampire I'll let maybe you know maybe she's
0: watching awake because she's walking around nude people watching this is true yeah she doesn't seem bothered though does she no not really no
1: and you can tell she's from the 80s <clears throat> yeah because she's wearing too much makeup that's that's exactly
0: right yeah yeah uh, so, Kane finds out that the Churchill's tapes were erased, but there's an escape pod missing. However, they don't know who was in it because the bodies were burned beyond all recognition. Mm-hmm. Kane is incredulous that the cases containing the aliens survived the fire, and Bukovsky explains the containers are, well, he doesn't really explain anything, but he says they're made from a material unknown to Earth. They have a physical and non physical manifestation at the same time. Mm-hmm. And Kane goes, What? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because I say yes, mate. Swing through the <laughs> windows, <laughs> shoot. People.
1: Can I shoot it? Can I shoot it? I should,
0: yeah. that's all yeah. I need to know. <laughs> it's very dull. This scene, isn't it? Ah, uh, yeah. There's a lot of talking, and the camera's pretty much still because there's only so much you can do.
1: It's- yeah, they keep the camera still, but to try and make some kind of movement in the scene, they get Kane to just walk around everybody slowly.
0: I think that's also why they make him a bit of an ass at this point is because he's the only one with any activity about himself yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. that's true
0: yeah. because that kind of changes as the film goes on they drop that
1: they do don't they because he becomes, becomes very um, active later doesn't he
0: yeah so Falada starts talking about there being a life force after death mm-hmm. an energy that is conserved in all living things and that the alien is like a vampire that sucks the energy from the guard and some of Pekovsky's energy Where's he getting his info from? Uh I have no Wikipedia. Idea. <laughs> <laughs> not, not in eighty five.
1: Type it space. Oh, well, it's not nineteen eighty five, it's the future. Yeah, it's the future. He's, so he's he's on yeah. there, he's typing in space vampires energy transfer. Ooh.
0: <laughs> maybe just reading Colin Wilson's book. <laughs> it could well be. Oh, there's a book over there
1: called Space Vampires. Maybe that's got the answer.
0: Oh okay, I'm in it. That's weird. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That would be very meta, wouldn't
0: it? Yeah, it would. Meanwhile, so- soldiers guarding the two male aliens here are night, and then there's a massive explosion. The two aliens are awake and they get up. The explosions are really good in this film.
1: Yeah, they are very good. And these two soldiers really remind... I, I-, I was waiting for one of them to show 12 rounds Rapid Fire at one point. It's a unit gag from Doctor Who.
0: Yeah, see why I didn't get it? Just went... Whoo! See that? The- you know that washing sound the Life Force title made? <laughs> that was the sound of that going above my head You haven't lived And everybody who's listening
1: You're probably right there well, actually, Maybe there's one, I think Okay
0: So the guards open fire and the bullets rip through the aliens But don't kill them Eventually the guards throw grenades and blow the aliens to pieces And they're dead, apparently mm. And they do an autopsy of the guard But then the guard suddenly bursts into life now what did you think of this animatronic? I think it's pretty good, actually for the time. I quite liked it. I didn't have a problem with it. I'd rather see it than CGI, wouldn't you? Yeah, totally. And it's really hard to do it in the conditions because it's a well lit, you know, hospital style room instead mm-hmm. of like the dark or yeah. slimy place. And it looks okay. Looks fine. You
1: could say that for a lot of the effects in this film now couldn't you? I mean I suppose that the, the stuff at the end running through the streets is quite dark, but for the most part Everything's shot very, very brightly lit in this film.
0: Yeah, except for the towards the end. Yeah. -hmm. Yeah. So the doctor is scared. He's horrified, in fact, but he's transfixed. He closes in and lightning shoots between them. The guard's corpse sucks the energy from the doctor, and the guard's corpse becomes whole again while the doctor is now a dry husk. 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 We'll use the. We're going to have to use husk. We're going to have to keep using it. Yeah, Yeah. okay. Because you like that word. Mm-hmm. When the guard sees what's happened and what he's done, he starts to scream. He's not happy,
1: is he? He's not happy. No, he's
0: not. He's definitely not. And the others arrive, and they put him and the doctor's body into isolation cells. Mm-hmm. So now they find a corpse in the park.
1: I, I, don't we have the bit with the... Um...
0: That's, that's my favourite Morrissey song, by the way. The corpse in the park? <laughs> yeah, I love that one. <laughs> is that the second album? Believe so. Believe so. Uh, right. Yeah.
1: Before we get to that bit, though, don't we have the two... Um, what happens to the two people that were infected?
0: No, that comes afterwards. That comes they after, go, okay. Yeah, yeah. They go to the park, they find the clothes are missing, and then Kane gets the Home Secretary, Percy Heseltine, and takes him to the isolation cells to show him what's going on. And yeah. they've determined that every two hours, the corpses need the life force of fresh victims, or these disintegrate, which is what happens to God in isolation.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and also the... The, the desiccated doctor as well don't they
0: yeah and the girl in the park they say oh we've went one hour it'll happen to her and then it does
1: So don't you think that this was the worst day for one of those surgeons with a um, desiccated corpse fetish to come to work
0: <laughs> are there many of those
1: apparently they he was the unlucky one to, to to turn up that day wasn't he so i mean he's well up for it
0: yeah yeah mm. well now he's dead <laughs> Boom <laughs> Pukowski enters and tells him that the Churchill's escape pod has entered the atmosphere on the land in Texas mm-hmm. and in Texas soldiers find the pod and then they open it did Did no one tell people in Texas what might be happening
1: oh, there's no idea of any kind of quarantine or anything in any of this film is there
0: no they just open it and he's in, and Tom, they find Tom Carson alive mm-hmm. still inside with a very a beard of great length
1: yep yeah yeah he's because he's uh, he's been in space by himself for a while
0: hasn't he yeah and they take him to the UK to be interrogated mm-hmm. and here Carlson tells them about the alien <sighs> spacecraft. craft this is boring isn't it
1: <laughs> all the flashbacks in this film are quite boring aren't they I didn't mind it this time it was alright just want I, I just want to get on with the
0: story I just want to keep it moving could have done without the motion (laughs) the motion or emotion yeah yeah rocking back and forth keep it going motion
1: well you know that's my universal language for keeping something
0: going is rocking backwards and forwards yeah, enjoy that, because in 30 years' time, you'll be doing that without being able to stop.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be less than that, trust me.
0: <laughs> so Carlson tells him that Rawlings, the other astronaut, smashed the radio equipment, but didn't remember doing it, and then he was found dead, drained of all his fluids, and one by one, the crew were killed.
1: Now, this doesn't make any sense with the with the rules that we've established so far, does it?
0: Um, I believe the rules change depending on what part you are in the film. I think that's
1: right, because we go on full-on zombie at the end of the movie, don't we?
0: Yeah, you're sitting there going, wait, is this a zombie flick or is this vampires? (laughs) Or does nobody really know? Not really, I don't think so. And how does this energy work? And then how... how, Oh, well, we'll get to it. Mm -hmm. Carlson realises he couldn't bring whatever it was back to earth, so he destroyed the ship and escaped in the pod. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. later Kane is watching Carlson sleep and Bukowski tells him Radar has picked up an object leaving the comet's tail and is approaching Earth
1: and then Kane's watching Carlson while he's sleeping isn't he that's what I just said
0: oh did you say that I said while Kane is watching Carlson sleep oh, Bukowski did you? tells him Radar has picked up an object leaving the comet's tail and approaching Earth <laughs> oh, hold on I must, I must have missed the first bit is this on? <laughs>
1: You're doing you must be cutting in and out, you're doing your Norman Collier again, I think. Uh huh. You're not really, I just wasn't listening.
0: <laughs> Carlson is having nightmares. A vision of the female alien seducing him. The sex, there's lightning. He wakes up screaming. Wouldn't you wake
1: up in a in a in a wet mess after that dream?
0: Not screaming though. Not
1: screaming <laughs> <laughs> This whole dream sequence there is pure hammer, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: what yeah that's one way of putting it
1: <laughs> it does go on for a while as well doesn't it yeah it does and the camera does. does linger yeah
0: it does it does yeah. doesn't it they know what they've got yeah and it turns out the alien woman space girl whatever you want to call her has a mental connection with him she's draining him
1: yeah he screams it out doesn't he he says you're draining me oh shit well,
0: I was like, Carson was in the room. <laughs>
1: hey, if I, if I can't deliver a line better than Steve Rails back, then I might as well give up. All right, give up.
0: Give up. Philida... <laughs> That's very, very harsh, I think. <laughs> Philada suggests hypnotism. <laughs> he does. He says, Do you mind if I hypnotize you? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what he says to everybody, though. <laughs> Friday coming? night down the pub. Yeah, you mind if I uh, hypnotise
1: you, young lady? F- Falado has got some uh, impressive hair as well, hasn't he? He's got the Mister yeah. Whippy hairdo, hasn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. which
0: again feels very seventies. Yeah, it does, and he looks straight out of a Hammer film, though.
1: <laughs> he, he does. If he was actually playing a vampire, you wouldn't you wouldn't look at him twice, would you?
0: You wouldn't bat an eyelid.
1: <sighs>
0: what? <laughs> Under hypnotism, Carlson reveals that his mind is not entirely his own. She's in contact with him. Mm -hmm. Carlson can see she has taken a different form, a new-looking woman, and that she's looking for a healthy man. She wants to draw energy from him. Her name's Ellen, and she gets in a car to seduce the man. Carlson can see the registration of the car, and they realize that the woman is now taking bits of life force rather than draining bodies completely so that she leaves no bodies behind to trace her. Again, we change the rules yeah we do
1: now why, why at one point before this she was in Hyde Park right
0: mm-hmm.
1: yes so now she, why is she now walking in a farmer's field in the middle of nowhere
0: <laughs> um
1: she's... she must have been walking a while well she hitched a lift yeah that was after she was already in the field
0: Oh, no, we haven't seen the one that she got to get to the field.
1: Ah, uh, so she's been hitchhiking along, is what you're saying?
0: Yeah, 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 and he's just caught this Wouldn't one.
1: Wouldn't she stay in a more populated area, though? Why would she move out into the into the sticks?
0: Now, that's a good point, because why would you go where there's no people? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly. And also, Maybe. I also...
0: Um... Maybe he's an, she's an antisocial vampire. <laughs> that's the worst kind of vampire to be, isn't it? It would be, yeah. You haven't thought it through, have you? <laughs> Well, you can't help these things. You're like, oh, I need people to suck the blood, but I just don't like being around people. It's like being a claustrophobic vampire, isn't it? Well, yeah, that would be bad too. What if you're a claustrophobic and antisocial vampire? What do you (laughs) do?
1: You've got some serious problems. You'd have to go and see Dr.
0: Falafel, wouldn't you? Well, what's interesting is that being a vampire would actually be the least of your problems at that point.
1: It it really would. I mean, because you... You'd be shunned by the other vampires. You I mean because you couldn't, you couldn't go out. You couldn't, you know, you couldn't mix with the with the with the vampire, um, community. you know, community. You know, the so- socialize with your uh, vampire friends and mystery. Be be, 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 be a horrible state to be in. I think it would. It it's would. no wonder she's picking up farmers in fields.
0: Yeah, yeah. I oh, know. Um, I feel sorry
1: for her. She needs an outlet, right? You know, and she's going to give him one. Okay. An, out, an, out, an outlet. An outlet. No, 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 let's just right. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long is, preamble, wasn't it? Just to get to was, that gag.
0: <laughs> it wasn't worth the effort. I it, wasn't it, was really. a gag. it wasn't really. It wasn't really.
1: Don't you find as well when when Carlson's doing this whole um, sequence where he's where he's um, being hypnotized and he's 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 recounting what happened in the field with this guy that she's picked up? It's really annoying when your when your dream cuts out at the. Just at the moment when he's getting interesting, isn't it? I, I mean, know. he's he's sliding his hand up a leg and then oh, that's suddenly, right
0: he, is. Yeah, suddenly no. he wakes up. Yeah. Yeah, but.
1: Just five more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just give me five more minutes. <laughs> anyway, well, maybe that's just me, but carry on.
0: So the alien spaceship is closing <laughs> in, and a soldier interrupts Dr. Falada. He's suspicious. Mm hmm. Meanwhile, we find the man that we saw in Carlson's vision. He's exhausted. He dropped the woman off at an asylum because she's a nurse that works there. That's a hammer thing, too. Cram an asylum in.
1: You've got to always have an, have an asylum, haven't you? A crazy asylum.
0: Yeah. So Kane, Bukowski, and Sir Percy, who knows the owner of this asylum. Well, not owner, but I guess, how do you, the manager? The doctor? <laughs> he owns the asylum. Yeah, how does that work? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Armstrong. This is my asylum. I bought it.
1: <laughs> Welcome. I started, it's a family business, you know. Yes.
0: People thought I was crazy when I took it over. Oh. So they talk to the asylum and speak to the nurse. And Tom... I, it gets really confusing what's going on here, because he starts mm. slapping us, saying it's the only way you can bring the vampire out of her.
1: Yeah, because he says that she's an extreme masochist and yeah, she wants she wants to be slapped or something.
0: I get the feeling Carson just like slapping women.
1: I think she's standing there looking at him like, where are you getting this information from? Oh, I can see into her mind.
0: What? <laughs> well, well, that's the, the for the next hour... Most of uh, Colonel Kane's lines are, How do you know? <laughs> <laughs> that is true, yeah. Yeah. And they end up kissing and she collapses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Carlson now knows the vampire is inside one of the patients. Well. Sykes, a child killer. Apparently so. They meet Dr. Armstrong, head haunter of the asylum, and ask to meet Sykes and give him pentafol to get him to talk. Carlson shakes hands with Armstrong and Armstrong wants to be in on the interview. As they go in to meet Sykes, Carlson speaks to Kane outside and when they return, they grab Armstrong and give him the pentafall. When Carlson shook hands with Armstrong, he connected with him and realised the vampire was inside him. Now, the vampire's not really there, is she? Yeah. So she is inside. She's though.
1: inside Patrick Stewart's character, yeah.
0: So do we assume that The vampire went from carlson to sykes to armstrong
1: i just presume that when he said that the the vampire was in sykes the 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 patient that he was lying that he he, that he went from the girl he, he went from the the nurse straight into patrick stewart's character and patrick stewart was just leading them up the garden path but carlson doesn't
0: know that until he shakes hands with armstrong
1: no, he says that he, 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 isn't there a line where he says, how did you know? Kane asks him, how did you know? And he says, when he, when he touched me on the shoulder, which was
0: before they even went into the room with the with the nurse. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right, that's good. That makes sense.
1: And if you, it, it, they do actually do a, a weird look at each other. Right. Patrick Stewart looks at him like he, he you know, kind of finds him slightly attractive. And Carlson looks at him like, "Hey."
0: Eh? Oh, Okay. <laughs> Alright, you know, so. that works for me then. Mm-hmm. See? See what?
1: <clears throat> I'm explaining this movie to you. Okay, thanks. Dad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> they they question uh, Armstrong what the vampire is strong and they give multiple doses and Stuart really goes for it at this point.
1: Lots of shouting and screaming and writhing
0: around on the floor and Yeah, Carlson tries to reach the girl through Armstrong. She tells him the bodies were chosen to please them. Carlson loses it. He wants to know why he was left alive. Why was he chosen? He's drawn closer, to Armstrong and kisses him. He
1: does, doesn't he? Yeah. As I said, Stuart's first on-screen kiss.
0: There we go. The room shakes. Uh, There's lightning flashing. Kane and Sir Percy are knocked against the walls. Kane manages to crawl back, grab two syringes, and gives Armstrong a double dose of the pentaphone, releasing his mental grip on Bukowski.
1: But Heseltine's dead, isn't he? He is.
0: His neck is broken. Apparently,
1: I bet there's lots of people that would love to hear that phrase. Heseltine's, Heseltine's dead. <laughs> Particularly in 1985. Yeah, I was, gonna,
0: <laughs> I was like, "Whoa!" Cutting edge political material, circa 1985,
1: from Paul. <laughs> exactly. There's me and there's Ben Elton. <laughs> keeping it real retro retro in name
0: <laughs> retro in nature absolutely
1: well, i'm not going to do jokes about theresa may am i it's not within oh. the remit of the podcast i got chastised for that once do you remember <laughs> nope
0: <laughs> carlson tells him it's too late it's already spreading mm-hmm. and kane realizes they've been led astray away from london they must have missed one of the victims so they board a helicopter with the bodies of Armstrong and Percy.
1: Now, this is where it gets really confusing, I think.
0: <laughs> yes, I think so, too. Philada at SRC contacts them. He tells them that the two male aliens didn't die in the grenade attack, mm-hmm. that they, in fact, leaped into the bodies of the two soldiers guiding them. But he discovered that they can be killed with a leaded iron spike. And there's an image of the soldier with a spike sticking out.
1: Where did Philada get the spike? He got it sent to him earlier in the movie, didn't he? He was in a crate. Oh, Amazon?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Again he was online. <laughs> in this in this alternative futuristic nineteen eighty five, he was online. Um, leaded Iron Steak kill vampires. Oh look, there's one. I've got imported from Germany.
0: Well maybe he ordered like loads of different spikes made of different metals. Well, and he was trying them. Yeah, he was just trying different ones. <laughs> maybe he has a spike collection. Could possibly, you know. Could he looks the type. He <laughs> He really does as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, it turns out that vampires of legend or stories are real. They were aliens that visited Earth in the past. So why isn't Earth destroyed? I wrote this as well. What, what, what happened the last time then? Yeah, why did they just go, oh, I don't like the taste anymore. Can we move on? Maybe they're just not very good at it. Oh, maybe. Suddenly, blood spews from the bodies of Armstrong <laughs> and Percy. What's going on here? It's like my sister.
1: <laughs> Did it form an image of Matilda May? Always. <laughs>
0: oh, it's still, I still don't want to see it. <laughs> so, the blood clot forms the shape of the alien woman. Yeah. And then it collapses. <clears throat> Your guess is as good as mine at this point. But then Carlson says she's in London.
1: Yeah, but she was in maybe he means that she's now in London that she's escaped how did she escape she came out of their faces with there's blood and then went where Mm. collapsed through the helicopter Uh maybe maybe only her essence went through the helicopter and the blood stayed inside the helicopter
0: well see my argument was that only her essence is in the minds of the people and that she's always been in London.
1: Yeah, because she gets her actual body back, doesn't she, later?
0: Yeah, because every every victim that she has carries a part of her. Which part? Whichever part your sick mind can think
1: of. I was thinking left or
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> so the essence of her stays with each victim, mm-hmm. and she was always in London.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll buy that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll go with that then. It's as good an explanation as any. It's more yeah. of an explanation than you get in the movie, so.
0: That is true. Mm-hmm. So Carlson reveals that it wasn't Rawlings that destroyed the radio equipment and the tapes, that it was him. And he opened her case, too. He couldn't help himself. Mm-hmm. It was love on a level you would never know, <laughs> is, is what he says.
1: And we get getting more flashbacks when there's 30 minutes left of this movie.
0: Right. It's like. <sighs> she, she killed all the crew but Carlson mm-hmm. was left alive and he's tormented by wanting to know why
1: they, they and because they exchanged fluids didn't they on the um, back on the yeah, ship. yeah but
0: he doesn't know why yeah, doesn't know why she didn't kill him mm-hmm. now we hear a BBC report about a devastation on London there's riots a plague there's madness ghostly lights flying above the city people panicking there's screaming fires buildings and vehicles exploding and crashing <laughs> and a vampire nun <laughs> and a vampire nun did you see the nun I did
1: <laughs> there's a better one than the nun later as well yeah
0: <laughs> the helicopter lands on a government building they make their way to the war room to meet the prime minister he's been infected too and then they get back in the helicopter what was the point of that scene
1: <laughs> i know i did like the fact that her name was miss havisham though
0: yeah but it goes on forever
1: <laughs> it does it's just lots of british people being very british <laughs> but there's no point to it this is what I'm saying about it being very reminiscent of 1970s BBC sci-fi on television. Right. Because you know, if you watch 70s Blake Seven or Doctor Who, they would pad, have to pad out stuff, wouldn't they? So you would have these kind of scenes in a television episode to pad it out. But in a movie, no. you don't need it. You don't or, need. It at all I had to
0: do was the pilot turn around and go, "Prime Minister's been infected." Tew. Yeah, and that's it. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no need for the scene.
1: I would like to see the shorter cut just to see what they took out.
0: Well, you can watch it and let me know. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't spoil the end. <laughs> Kane and Carson flee back to the helicopter, and I haven't noticed his vampires seem to be more like zombies now. Yeah, they're just running around attacking people for no reason, yeah. aren't they? And Kane kills one with a flare gun. He does, yeah. They land on an army base and find that the country is under martial law and controlled by the UN. They're quarantined. The army is going to drop a thermonuclear bomb on London to wipe out the plague. And London? And Yeah, it seems a little extreme. <laughs> it does a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> Kane argues they're not infected and should be released from quarantine, which they are eventually. Mm-hmm. So we discover that the ship has moved into orbit above London. There's blue light streaming from London into space to the ship. It's a river of souls. Kane keeps asking Carlson how he knows. Will Kane ever catch on? <laughs> this is
1: true. And I also like the fact that, you know, blue sky beams were going in the 80s as well. They're not necessarily an invention of modern-day superhero movies, are they?
0: Right. Yeah. So the male vampires are collecting life force from the humans, but to send it to the ship's collector to revitalise the people... They have to send it through the female vampire, and then up to the collector. Makes sense to me? Okay. <laughs> She's the leader, isn't she? I guess she is. Yeah, She's right. like
1: the queen, right? Okay. Yeah. And Carlson can't. Not, det- not the queen, obviously. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think the queen looks like Matilda May, does she? She was all right in a day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said in a day. And not. She's all right. <laughs> yeah, I think this is treason, isn't it? Probably. it's more like treason for me because yeah, I'm actually in England.
0: That's true. Carlson can detect her location, and he does a runner. And I love it when Kane realizes, and he just goes, "Oh, bloody hell!"
1: <laughs> he does, doesn't he? He says, "Give me the bloody keys on your sidearm." <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he takes a car, and he plows through zombie vampires.
1: Did you did you get the um, the line when he's just about to drive through the the post to get out of the army base, and the guy says to him on the gate, "You don't want to go in there, sir," and he goes, oh, "No, I don't." <laughs> <laughs> he's right. I like this character. I like that character. I like Kane though. He's, yeah, he's... at
0: the beginning, I I was like, "Oh, this guy's annoying," but then he, he kind of wins you over. Mm. Peter mm. first. An... Peter is a fun actor, anyway.
1: He is, and he he does the no nonsense British um army guy quite well he's done that a few times hasn't he i've seen him do that a few times
0: he was in spook's for you know whatever how many seasons that was absolutely also known as MI5 in the US
1: yes yes cuz spook's means <laughs> something entirely different it doesn't has not it has problems
0: over here <laughs> he does have
1: problems <laughs> so he's driving through the streets running zombies down yes And I just thought, this is Carmageddon. Do you remember the 90s? um... Oh, I love that game. Yeah, it's Carmageddon. He's just running down zombies left, right and center. I want
0: to play Carmageddon. (laughs) Instead of talking about Life Force. Yeah, let's just end the podcast. I want to go play Carmageddon. (laughs) Shall we have a break? Yeah, okay. You you
1: can go and play. All right. We'll be back in
0: a while. Okay. (laughs) Carlson is drawn to a voice, and the vampires almost get him, but, you know, he fights through. He does. Kane arrives at the SRC, the mm-hmm. Space Research Centre and finds Dr. Falada all calm and collected. Mm-hmm. Pukowski, we learn, is now dead. He must have died off screen. Mm-hmm. And Falada tells Kane there is a telepathy between vampire and victim. He tells him that Carlson has gone for the girl and that she is in St. Paul's in the crypt. In a, yeah, a vampire in a crypt. Who'd have thought it? Well, he says that. He says that. He mentions that. Oh, did he? He does. Yeah, he does. He mentions how coincidental it is or... Ironic, or something like that. Cleverly written. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kane wonders how Falada will know this, then realizes how and shoots Falada, and Falada's energy flies out of the window.
1: It's good. It's good makeup on Falada as well.
0: Yeah, it is because he he gets old and crumples and <laughs> husky. <laughs> husky. Yeah, you <laughs> want to say it? Not the dog. He turns into a dog. <laughs> yeah.
1: That'd be a turnip, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, anything could happen. Hold on. It really could,
1: yeah. It turned into a turnip and you'd think, all right, yeah, okay.
0: Yep. Kane grabs the blade that Philida had used to kill the soldier and leaves. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in the cathedral, Carlson has found the alien woman in the crypt mm-hmm. and she knew he would come. I bet she did. <laughs> Sets it up, knocks it out.
1: <laughs> Sets it up and knocks it
0: out? Wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just keeps on coming, doesn't it?
0: oh yeah <clears throat> Kane is trying to get to the cathedral avoiding the hordes infected crashing cars next explosions and some pretty good stunts and explosions and there is. things like that did you yeah. notice
1: the uh, the other great vampire that was we you know, we had the nun vampire earlier yeah
0: and which one was this he's one he's being
1: chased by a rabbi vampire at one point
0: oh yeah <laughs> vampires don't care about religion
1: I just like the choices that they made it's just <laughs> let's have a nun yeah. let's have a rabbi <laughs>
0: As Cain approaches the stairs of St. Paul's Cathedral, one of the male vampires appears, says it'll be less terrifying if you just come to me. I'll do just that, replies Cain, and spears him with a leaded spike.
1: He's got a rather deep voice, this vampire, as well, hasn't he? Not anymore. Where did he stick
0: it? Right in the crystals. Ooh. Worst place. (laughs) Yeah. He turns back into the winged vampire and then explodes. Now This stop motion's not great, is it? No, it's not. It's a little ropey. Mm.
1: They should have just built a um, an actual animatronic a real vampire, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, they, they, <laughs> do
1: you think at this point they'd run out of money? I did read that um, at one point production was shut down because they ran out of money.
0: Oh, okay. They
1: should have done this first then. <laughs> you think you'd do the big special effects sequence at the end of the movie?
0: Do it, for, just get it out of the way. <laughs> and then do the shots of them talking in an office for 10 minutes later. <laughs> Would have made sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cain scrambles into the cathedral. Mm -hmm. Inside, Carlson is kissing the female vampire. What are these feelings? You're one of us, she tells him. You have always been, she says. So do we assume he's... If he's always been a vampire, which is what she seems Mm -hmm. to be saying, why did he not need to, you know, suck the blood of people?
1: Maybe... Well, we don't suck blood, do we, in this film?
0: No, but you know what I mean. Fluid.
1: Maybe he's been dormant. Maybe he's like a... um, When they've been to Earth before. a grizzly bear? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he's in hibernation <laughs> he's
0: looking for picnic baskets
1: <laughs> collecting his nuts But
0: um,
1: <laughs> no maybe maybe if they came to earth before right. and maybe they they procreated and maybe he's like a genetic sort of link to them or something okay none
0: of this is in the film <laughs> no no I, it's hard to hear you over the straining sound of you reaching <laughs> this is true yeah yeah
1: and we should also say that he's he, he's in the sky beam with her and they're both naked now, aren't they? For some reason.
0: Yeah, and they're holding each other and kissing. And, mm-hmm. and he's getting mm-hmm. rather excited about the whole idea.
1: He is, and she's saying, "Just, I need to, just a little bit more, just a little bit more. Yeah. It's like, so close, I'm
0: so close. It would be funny <laughs> if it cut back to him and they're playing cards. <laughs> Carry on, joke. <laughs> It is. It is very good. See the episode, whatever the (laughs) hell it was. (laughs) I've lost track. (laughs) So Cain enters the church and he's a floor above, but he can see down towards him through the hole in the floor that the light beam is coming through. And he yells at Carlson. He's trying to appeal to the humanity that's left within him. And Carlson awakes, screaming, help, reaches out his hand. Kane throws the spike down and Carlson grabs it and lunges it into the female vampire's back and spears himself to her. Yep. There's an explosion of fury and light, and the vampires f- return to the ship. And they bugger off. <laughs> Where do they go? But I assume they go back into the tale of Halley's Comet and then for another seventy years. So they'll come around again in seventy years. Yeah, and someone will find them. Oh, that could be a sequel. I don't know, hold your breath <laughs> maybe in 70 years
1: yeah <laughs> maybe there'll be a resurgence after this podcast yeah
0: right, okay. yeah, right.
1: <laughs>
0: that's the end of life for us.
1: it ends really abruptly as well kind of like a hammer movie
0: yeah it just cuts to the shot of the ship entering not even just going towards the tail and then it just ends mm-hmm. Whew, that was fun <laughs> that was fun <laughs> do you want me to go
1: first yeah all right it makes no sense does it really no, no it doesn't it-, it makes no sense i mean it's it's completely crazy you know and there's too many scenes of people dryly talking in rooms describing things that you'd rather see yeah or that you have seen a million times already but they're still talking about it right but
0: <laughs> there go. oh did you mean bomb? Looked...
1: <laughs> either okay <laughs> I think it looks great. Yeah. I think at times it looks stunning. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about Matilda May. No. Um, the music's fantastic. For the whole, the effects are really, really good. And despite the the, the, the pacing issues with the, the dry scenes in rooms of people talking, of old British people talking, I think it moves along at quite a good pace. I think it's got, it's got a good adventure feel to it, I think. Possibly helped by the, by the music as well because the whole music feels like it's from a different film at times. It feels like it's from a uh, an adventure movie, an Indiana Jones type movie even at times. Mm-hmm. And it also appeals to that side of me. It feels to me like if Hammer had carried on making movies into the 80s, this is the kind of movie they would have churned out.
0: Right. And so, yeah, I, I really like it. <laughs> I like how you're embarrassed that you like it. <laughs> We saw this in the last episode with me with Street Talk. Yeah, it is
1: exactly that. The way that you describe Street Talk is how I feel about this. I mean,
0: I know it's its not very
1: good, it, I, you know, but to me, its I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it every time I watch it. Um, it's a movie that I own. And, um, yeah, I, I've got a strong affection for Life Force.
0: So to me, it's a hit. It's a hit for me. Okay. First time I saw Life Force, I thought, wow, this is stupid and boring. I remember. <laughs> I think it's a film that is actually better when you know what you're going to get. Yeah, I can imagine
1: people being disappointed at the time.
0: If you go in thinking, oh, this, looks, this is going to be a big science fiction film, it's going to be lots of action, that's not what you're going to get. But if you go in thinking, okay, this is going to be like Quatermass in the pit, mm-hmm. it's going to be more procedural than you actually think it's going to be, mm-hmm. then it isn't that bad. Wow. There are some amusing moments in it. I like the Britishness of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which in you know, a day of superhero films it's kind of refreshing. It is a very British movie, isn't it? Yeah, it's got you could put it up with a James Bond film, it's that kind of yeah feel mm-hmm. about it.
1: Or or the movies from the sixties and seventies that you described earlier.
0: Yeah, um mm-hmm. The Day the Earth Caught Fire. Absolutely. Kind of mm-hmm. Um so this time I enjoyed it more than I previously had. So would you say it's a hit? Would I say it's a hit? Hmm. Yeah, go on then. <laughs> Begrudgingly. Begrudgingly, yes. Well that's not what I expected, I have to say. <laughs> no, it's funny, I was watching it and I apparently was like, Oh, I wish I'd watched the uh domestic one now because maybe my problems with this one and removed by the domestic one because this
1: is too long i do think even i think it's too long and i love it but i think it's too long i've never seen i've never
0: seen the other cut of it i have to say i am tempted to watch it now can you actually get hold of it then it's on the arrow blu-ray release is it really i think both versions are on are they not oh i don't know i never i'll have to check (laughs) 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 i can look at the back Okay, it says uh, high-definition presentation of both the international and theatrical versions. Ooh,
1: I'll have to check that, then. I'll give it so a look. There you go.
0: To... I'm
1: surprised. I'm surprised. I'm shocked, in a way, because I knew how you felt about this film at the time, and it's not a film we've ever discussed since then, I don't think, so.
0: I have watched it more recently than when we discussed it with you. I have mm-hmm. seen it. Uh, what, well, um, and you didn't enjoy it that time? I gave it 2.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd would you give it more I'm, than that now i gave it three out of five ah
1: all right
0: okay because
1: i know you know you don't post your letterbox reviews until after we do the podcast so well
0: i, I posted them today just before we started so i knew you wouldn't see them mm-hmm. maybe if i watch it again it will go up again You <laughs> <keep> watching it makes <laughs> it be a five out of five film
1: <laughs> that would be interesting you, if you rate it higher higher than i do
0: yeah like it's the best film ever absolutely so that's it for life force mm-hmm. and for this episode of our podcast so join us in our next episode when we take a look at mannequin from 1987 when a young artist searching for his vocation makes a mannequin so perfect he falls in love with it and this was a um a listener request wasn't it it was indeed mm. slightly different from what we normally do. i'm sure it's got its good points If you'd like to suggest a film or TV show, then you can reach us at retrospection at email.com or on Twitter at Retrospecky. You can also find us on Facebook. And you can also check out our Spotify playlist that updates with the themes and songs from the various films and TV shows that we review. So thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And join us again in the future.
1: The future, what, 1985?
0: <laughs> <laughs> alternative future, 1985. Yeah, John is in the alternative future. Bye. It's better back in the day Before CGI led the way Two men will take a journey All the way to the past They'll battle through the ages, maybe a drink or two. It's better back in the day before H D and 4K. I'm with a picky nature.